Praise God. Praise God. Has God been good to anyone in this building? I ask the question, has God been good to anyone in this building? I know he has. And guess what? Your best is still yet to come. Praise God. This is getting ready to be a life-changing week for somebody sitting in this service right now. I don't know who that's for, uh, but your hour and your moment has come, and it will manifest this week. Glory to God. I don't know who that's for, uh, but receive it if it aligns with something you're believing God for. Last week, we started off talking about why small groups. I think anyone needs to understand why before we embark on a cultural shift and change here at LinkedIn Church. Usually if people don't know why, then that means they don't understand. And if they don't understand, then they typically won't get involved. And so we're getting ready to embark on 40 days of community, which is a part of the vision that God has given LinkedIn Church. And a lot of people always ask, why 40 days? What is the significance of 40 days? Well, as I mentioned on last week, God considers 40 days a significant time period spiritually. We know that Noah spent 40 days on that boat in the rain. We know Moses spent 40 days on Mount Sinai. The spies spent 40 days in the promised land. David was transformed by Goliath's 40-day challenge. The city of Nineveh was transformed by Jonah's, Jonah's 40 days of preaching. Jesus was empowered for ministry after 40 days in the wilderness. Then the disciples were transformed after the resurrection by spending 40 days with Jesus. God considers 40 days a significant time for transformation to take place in an individual's life. If you can devote and commit yourself and dedicate yourself concentrate for six weeks how many know a lot of change can take place in your life and that's what God is calling all of us to do is to challenge ourselves beginning next Sunday for six weeks together I encouraged you all last week that you can't do what God has called you to do alone we all need each other we'll learn how God has designed us for relationships how small groups are important to grow in friendships and in our faith the key to happiness, the world tells us, is independence. But the key to happiness and true fulfillment and joy is interdependence. I need you, and you need me. And we all need each other. Let's give ourselves a group hug right now. Doesn't that feel good? Now rock with it a little bit. Just rock with it. Now, on last week, I won't take time to do it today, I had researched the 25 most effective churches in the United States of America, which also happened to be the largest. Of the 25, 24 of them, first 24, focused on building community, building relationships within the congregation. Only one of the 25 churches looked like this, whatever this looks like. Only one of the 25 churches looked like this. And that church did not focus on building community. What it has is a dynamic personality and a dynamic leader. But in reality, we've all seen this movie before. How I many you know if that leader and that personality is removed, what typically happens to that church? No longer exists. 
I mentioned the church to you on last week, and thank you all for your research. Most of you all figured out, at least the ones who talked to me, what church that was. And even the church that I mentioned, there's a church, Calvary Chapel, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And its founder and pastor, dad, that built the church, had a moral failure about eight years ago and was removed from his position of being the pastor of that church. Well, that church installed a new pastor, and it has since doubled in size over that eight years because that church was focused on building community and how many of y'all know not following a personality? If you join a church, join the church because you believe in the vision of that church. Follow vision and follow people as they follow God. The moment they stop following God, how many know you are under no obligation to continue to follow them? But if God gave vision to a church, how many know the vision will, will far outlast the leadership? And if it's vision from God, then there should be a secession plan in place that should the Lord tarry. How many know anything that comes from God will last? Anything that man builds, it has an end date on it. But if God builds it, how I many know oh, it's going to last until he returns? I need a better amen than that in here today. That's what we're trying to do here is build this around vision and community. I promise you I am going to do something that you don't like. Hello? Will you run? What are you going to do? See, if it was about me and you, you're going to run. If it's about vision, then you're going to stick with the vision. Now, last week, I want to read one of our opening texts. I won't have time to read all of it. I don't need a whole lot of time on this Sunday because we're going to spend six weeks talking about this. In Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, if you're following along online, if you're streaming today, good morning to you and thank you for joining us today. If you're inside the service physically, you can go to the YouVersion Bible app, go to the events section, click on Linked Up Church. The rest of the notes and the outline are right there. You can also add additional notes to those notes. Philippians chapter 2, 42 through 47, ESV version says, and they devoted, they were committed, as my wife talked about two weeks ago. They were diligent, they were earnest, they were committed. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. How many of y'all know we are not doing any of that right now? All of this happens in community, not in church. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together, and they had all things common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending to the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And I love this. And the Lord added to their number day by day those that were being saved. How many know we add Sunday by Sunday? We don't add day by day. Right? We only add on Sunday. But yet the early church was adding how? So the only way to add day by day, that means that the church continues to exist after they leave this building. 
That means they're going on their jobs in their communities, in their schools, with their coworkers. Hello, somebody. I mean, are there a lot of people struggling in environments that you are currently in? They need Jesus just as much as somebody visiting this service today. I do want to read one more. John 10.10, 10, the Amplified says, this was from our opening text on last week, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and to destroy. He said, but I am come that you might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Notice what it didn't say. He didn't say, I have come that you might have church that you might enjoy church to the full till it overflows. I mean, we've been great at having church. We haven't done as well at have doing life and enjoying life. For a lot of people, the greatest moment they have is on Sunday morning in this environment. I submit to you something different. We're only supposed to come here to celebrate our wins, get more information, be inspired to go back out. And our greatest victory should be Monday through Saturday and not on Sunday morning. I don't think God ever intended us for us to be on a mountain on Sunday and then going through all week long, just holding on, waiting to get back to Sunday. I think we were supposed to go from glory to glory and from faith to faith. I think we were supposed to come here and get fired up and then go out and do life all week long. Victory after victory after victory after victory that by the time we get back next Sunday, we are so excited about what God has done. You will not come through those doors. The music department will not have to work that hard to get you to praise and worship God because you've been doing life so good and so well all week long that you can't wait to come through those doors and give God all the glory for all the good that he's done to you. I still want to remind you that he said to enter into his courts with thanksgiving and into his gates with praise. Somebody ought to open up their mouth right now and be thankful. I said, and be thankful if God has been good to you, and be thankful. They should not have to work that hard to get believers. They should have to try to calm you down. I don't know about you. I don't want to go somewhere where the sinner is more excited than the saved person. I think we should be provoking and, and invoking something greater in everyone who comes in an environment where God dwells. Hallelujah. Let's let the neighborhood know that we're here. Give God another just good hallelujah. Now, we, le we left off talking about seven reasons why. Number one was it will firm up your internal commitments. Number two, it will wake up your experience for true fellowship, like on yesterday. I was going to watch the Michigan game anyway. I enjoyed watching that Michigan game with two of my brothers from Linked Up Church far more than I would have enjoyed that by myself. Then I got to know two people that I didn't know too well prior to that. I mean, you know, that will never happen on Sunday morning. Because I'm pastor. Whatever that is. I mean, I'd rather be Christian than pastor. 
I think the only reason I get the pastor is because I'm a Christian. We focus more on being Christians instead of our titles. And I'm going to show that to you in the Word of God today. It allows you to affirm another person's worth. What if I would have said, because of my title, I can't watch the game with you guys. Y'all not on my level. I'm supposed to watch this with other pastors. If you ever see me get like that, just hit me over the head with a, with a log. Bring me back to earth. It allows you to affirm another person's worth. And number four, you get to encourage someone else to grow. Let's pick up with number five today, sharing another's needs. Galatians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3, the Passion Translation, sharing another's needs. It says, love empowers us to fulfill the law of the anointed one as we carry each other's troubles. Love empowers us to fulfill the law of the anointed one, watch this, as we carry each other's troubles. So love doesn't kick in until we're helping someone else that's in a worse situation than we're in. Love empowers us to fulfill the law of the anointed one as we carry each other's troubles. Listen to this. If you think you are too important to stoop down to help another, you are living in deception. And I submit to you, I promise you, if you've ever made it in life in any area of your life, Somebody above you stooped down to help you get to where you are. And God forbid, after you have arrived somewhere, you want to take your nose and look down on somebody else who's lower than you and forget that somebody helped you get where you are today. I came to challenge you today, never look at the person that's lower than you because you might have to pass them on your way down while they are on their way up. I came to tell you today, sometimes the greatest way to go to your next level is to help somebody get to their next level. I'm preaching better than anybody saying amen in this place. And if you think you are too good for that, you are deceiving yourself. Let's talk about the body of Christ. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26, folks. We are the body of Christ. We are his arm his hands, his legs, and his feet. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26, sharing another's needs. In that way, whatever happens to one member happens to all. What would we be like if we were a community of people that whatever happened to one happened to all of us? I'm sad to tell you folks that I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, and a lot of times I learned loyalty the wrong way through games. But one thing I can tell you is that if we all went in one place together, we were all coming out together. We weren't talking about who said what, what happened, why did that happen. That wasn't the time to talk about that. Somebody got hit and the entire group was getting ready to run in there and get hit with them. Folks, we need to be closer and more loyal and look out for each other way more than what we currently do. It, is, it just takes too much, it's too easy for the body to be broken 
over he say, she say stuff. We are out here making decisions about other people and never having a conversation with the individual ourselves. Other people, because their life is busted and disgusted, are telling you stuff about other people. Listen, if they don't want to talk to you about that person in front of that person, there is probably no good in that. And you've got to learn how to say, wait a minute, that is my brother in Christ. That is my sister in Christ. We're not going to talk about them without them being present. Why don't you come and say everything you need to say in front of that person? As a matter of fact, it's not even between me and you. Why don't you go and talk to them yourself about what's going on between the two of you? Come on, I need somebody to help me minister this morning. If one, whatever happens to one happens to us all. If one suffers, then everyone suffers. If one is honored, then everyone rejoices. Think about your, your natural body. Think about it for a moment. If you hit your elbow, what is your hand naturally going to do? If something flies in your eye, what are your hands going to naturally do? If you stub your toe, the rest of the body is going to all, even the blood is just going to rush to that area. What are we doing? Well, what are we doing? They go to church just like I do. If they would have spent more time in their Bible, they must be in sin. That's why that happened. We got to clean all of that up. I said we've got to clean all of that up. Somebody say we're better, we're better. Together. together. I started here with a church called Faith Christian Center 25 years ago. Uh, did he say that? Yeah, he said that. Under the leadership of Bishop Keith A. Butler. Did he even say his name? Yeah, he said his name. What you scared of? Your heart is right. You don't have to be scared about nothing. There are at least 11 churches in Atlanta, Georgia that came from that one church. And listen to me. All in silos. Over something, I promise you, that had nothing to do with Christ. <laughs> she said this about me. He said that. All I'm telling you is, because he's somebody looking to hear something negative so you can run out of here. See? But I'm not getting ready to give it to you. Matter of fact, I can tell I make, let's make the devil even more upset. Give God even greater praise. All I'm telling you, together, that's about 20,000 people. And most of the silos would do better in a group 
than they're doing on their own. Let's pray for the group. Let's not talk about it. Let's pray for it. Let me tell you what I believe. I believe God called one. And everybody else is supposed to help. And the people that are out in silos would be doing better in the group than they are on their own. Thank you all for that enthusiasm. I love Faith Christian Center. I love Bishop Kefe Butler. I'm so thankful that God called him to pastor, man, because that gave me an opportunity to go to a Bible school, to grow, to develop, to be a youth pastor, to be a director of education. Where would I be today if there wasn't something in place? I didn't just get here by myself, folks. What I'm telling you is there was something in place that helped me be who I am. I shouldn't even let one event, maybe two events, maybe three events. I shouldn't even let five events. You remember when the disciples asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? What are you holding on to that's keeping you back? I'm so glad I came to church today. I mean, we just grew today. Number six, it'll level up your power for greater impact. Matthew 18, 20 says, wherever two or three of you come, whenever two or three of you come together in my name, notice what he says, I am with you. So whenever we get together, how many know God is with us? Whether we have a disagreement with each other, how many know whatever it is, if it is getting together, God is with that. If you get believers together, how many know God supports that? Jesus gets right in the middle of that, and he wants to be a part of that, and he wants to help that. So much so, he says that whatever that group of people binds on earth, I'll bind it in heaven. Whatever they loose on earth, I'll loosen it in heaven. He said, I love it so much when my children get together that I want to give them the ultimate expression of authority in the earth where they can control and take over and be in charge of anything anything that's going to bring me glory. Mark chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, the Passion Translation. Let me show you something about Jesus' character. He says, afterwards, Jesus went up into a mountainside, called to himself the men he wanted to be his close companions, not his servants. See, something is wrong when I, I want to treat you like you owe me something. And I don't want to treat you as an equal. How many know in the kingdom, there are no big eyes and little use? Minister Carol is over linked up kids, I mean, uh, little Linkland, and she's doing a marvelous job. No, linked up kids. I'm throwing, I'm messing them all up. And how many know in the kingdom, her role is equally as important as mine? And matter of fact, where would we be if somebody wasn't over there taking care of those babies? 
You know why you're not over there? Because you don't have a grace for that. You're like, let somebody else watch them kids. Matter of fact, I need a break from my own kids. That's why you don't serve over there. Am I right about that? He called them his close companions. So they went up to a mountainside to join him. He appointed the 12 whom he named apostles because he wanted them to be continually at his side as his loyal servants. Is that what it said? So then Jesus called his team to be in relationship with him, not the Lord over them. What did he call them? Mm, interesting. See, I was raised, you can't be familiar with the people. Once you know, once you become familiar with them, you're no longer effective. Well, my whole thing is, what are they becoming familiar with that you can't lead them no more? When they got close to you, what did they see that turned them off? They said, you know what, if this is God, I don't want no parts of this. It would seem to me the closer they get to you, the more they want to be like God. I only want to keep people away from me if I got something to hide. So he would send them out to preach and have authority to heal the sick and cast out devils. Last one for the day. It'll build your capacity to love like Jesus. John chapter 13, verse 35, the Amplified says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you quote scriptures one to another. Is that what it says? By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have what? Love one another. And if you keep on showing love among yourselves. Folks, I put together a A to Z list of scriptures that just talks about us doing life together. I'm not going to take time to minister all of them today because it's a homework assignment for you. But put that graphic up on the screen. I want to show you what togetherness looks like. Put the graphic up on the screen. I want to show you what togetherness looks like. So you'll notice the construction of the Tower of Babel. God said as long as these people think the same and they are all on the same page, they can do whatever they want to do. They can build a tower that will reach heaven. So God says because he wasn't in it, and this is being used the wrong way, God said because he wasn't in it, then he's got to come down and confuse the languages so that they don't accomplish something that they were all in agreement to do. So that's using that the wrong way. I'm telling you all, if we will all get on the same page, we will own all of 278. And we will build schools. We will build strip malls. We will help people. We will build entrepreneurs. Come on, somebody. If we just all get on the same page. 
Stop judging each other. Talking about, well, well, he does this, but he can't do that. Yeah, there's a reason why I can't do that. Because you can. Why should I have to do it when you're so good at it? And the reason you notice what I can't do is that's because that's your piece. It wasn't your piece to talk about me. It was your piece to add that to what I don't have so as a collective body we can build something together. Hello. But a lot of times it just makes me feel good about myself to talk about what you can't do instead of realizing that what you can't do, I can do. And if I add that to what you can't do, together we can do something that either one of us can't do by ourselves. Come on, church. Look at that right there. What do you see on that second image? That's a school of fish. Do you all know why they do that? Why do they do that? Does anyone know? They swim together in a school like that to make themselves bigger. Now, if you look below that, you'll see a shark. Look how much bigger they are together than that one shark by himself. So they create an illusion that together we're too much for you to handle. Fish understand that. They are not God's crowning creation. Anybody know why goose fly, geese fly, in a V like that. I did a little research on that. When geese fly together, each goose or geese, one says goose, one says geese, each goose provide additional lift and reduces, listen to this, air resistance for the goose flying behind them. So the one in front is trying to make life easier for the one behind not harder. Not, I had to walk 80 miles to school with no shoes on my feet. I didn't have no car till I was 20-something years old. I had to work five jobs when I was your age. Number two, when a goose drops out of V formation, it quickly discovers that it requires a great deal more effort and energy to fly. So once the goose gets out of formation, now it has to work twice as hard. Number three, geese rotate leadership. That means the geese in the front leads and flies until it gets tired. How many know a good leader knows when to fall back? Come on, I'm preaching better than anybody saying amen in here. That leader's got to know how to fall back and say, I'm tired. George, you jump up to the front now. Now it's your time. Take the ship. Let me get behind you and support you. Hello, somebody. Good leader knows when to fall back. Folks, I cannot do this all by myself. It's impossible. This one blessed me the most out of all of it. The geese know how to rotate leadership. This next one blessed me more than any, any of the other ones. Or actually, the last two. 
geese hunk at each other. Do you know why they hunk at each other? They're encouraging each other. And when I did a little further research, the only one that is not hunking is the one out in front. So all the geese behind the one out in front are going, go, go, we've got your back. We're behind you. You can do it. We can get there. We're not going to let you down. We're behind you. We're still here. You don't have to look back. We're here because you can hear us. Just keep doing what God instructed you to do, and we've got your back. Honk, 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 honk. Go, go, go. We can get there together. Now, geese are not God's crowning creation. But yet, instinctively, they understand this. I wonder if we encouraged each other more than we talked about each other. See, it's interesting how easy it is for you to find what's wrong and so hard for you to find what's right. You mean to tell me God's done all of this and that's all you can see? And that little bit you can see is enough for you to act the way that you're acting. Isn't that interesting? I'm so glad again I came to church today. Can you all do me a favor? Let's just be geese for a moment. Would you all take a minute to just say, let's go, Pastor. We can do it, Pastor. Let's take over Powder Springs, Pastor. Let's get every unsaved person in Powder Springs saved, Pastor. Come on, let's buy all the land in Powder Springs, Pastor. Come on, let's build community together, Pastor. Come on, can we encourage each other? Now I feel like I can go a little longer. Would you do me one more favor? Encourage the person next to you right now. Whatever's on your heart. Just encourage the person next to you right now. Whatever's on your heart, encourage them. Come on, speak life into them. Tell them you can do it. You can make it. You can build that business. Come on, you can do it. Your marriage will last. Your children are going to be all right. Come on, God is good. Your bills are going to get paid. God has already healed your body. We are better together. Now this is going to shock you. Sit down. Geese help each other out. Listen to this. Scientists also discovered that when one geese becomes ill, is shot or injured, and drops out of the V formation, listen to this. And remain two or three get out of formation, two or three get out of formation to remain with the geese until he either gets well or she gets well or dies. 
Geese have enough sense to know that when one of our brothers or sisters goes down, we must stay with them until they get well or transition to heaven. Either one of those is a win for the believer. You know why most people leave church? Nobody called me when I was sick. Number one, nobody knew that you were sick because you're isolated and in a silo somewhere. But if the pastor prayed, God would have told him. Why would God have to tell me when he's got you to tell me? This is what happens to people. He didn't call me when I was in the hospital. He didn't text me. He could have at least sent a text. I'm leaving. Because nobody called me. I mean, I know it's impossible for me to care for 4,000 people by myself. Y'all go, Pastor. Come visit. Come see me. Come have Listen, I got a wife and two kids of my own. I can't be all things to all men. I want to be, but if I'm out trying to be everything to you and lose mine, But together, we can take care of everybody. Did you all get anything out of this today? I'm done. I'm done. Finish. Show that video for me. Show that video for me. We're going to give you all an opportunity to help us build this. Show the video for me. An interesting video that I found I think would be a blessing to you. Praise God. And we're going to give you an opportunity to do that before you leave today. I want to challenge you. This is a homework assignment. This is not exhaustive. But you'll see this message concludes with this statement right here. Right at the end of this message, it concludes with 
um, in conclusion, you'll see it there at the bottom as soon as I get there. I'll be able to read it to you. So many of them. Right at the bottom it says, in conclusion, the Bible is full of one another commands. I just stopped, but I did the entire alphabet, A through Z. Because the Bible is full of what we're supposed to do together, not by ourselves. Did you all get anything out of this message today? Let's all stand to our feet.